When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On paper, you'd think this was going to be one hell of a train wreck. But then you listen, and you realize common sense doesn't have a party, an ideology, a stereotype, or a color. Can we be united again? Stick around, and we'll prove it. This is Doc in the Block. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doc in the Block podcast. Also here with the jock. Veron Haynes got my two my Not two brothers in crime, Big Block Spencer, the greatest music producer in world history, and I got the greatest football player, athlete, and golfer, Veron Haynes. <laughs> How you guys doing today? Doing well, yeah, man. Doing, buddy? Blessed to be here, brother. All right, so I I need an update. I had Vic uh, come in the other day. Elijah's getting ready to go back to camp, so we were giving him his final tune up and everything. Uh, Where's Justice at? What's he doing? How's he feeling? Justice is great, man. He's coming home this week. They're on their wind down from summer workouts. They got five days off and then go back. Training camp starts. So my message to him was take a few days to yourself, like unplug, which is hard for him. Yeah. Like telling him not to do anything for two days is like torture. (laughs) Right. So unplug. Relax, because once you go back in the grind and the thick of things, you're going to really be in it for a long haul. So, yeah, you know, this is where they are in the season. But mentally, he's ready to go. So he did a commercial for Barber Orthopedics a couple of weeks back, and he was absolutely spectacular. Yeah, nice. I mean, the guys just got got it all the charisma and the athletic ability and the good looks, too, that he got from mom and dad. But, uh, yeah, man, he's amazing. Mostly mom. Yeah. So, uh, so how's Malik and your boys doing? Hey, man, Malik, great, man. You know, um, he about to start you know, um, with, with his football camp, right? His f- football camp. Um, you know, so Makai, he about to get on the road. So I'm in the studio and, 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 uh, and editing, sitting to be. Where's the camera going be? Uh, Michigan State, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're doing camps up there. Oh, yeah. no, you're talking about training camp. Yeah, yeah. Training okay, camp. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought he was yeah. doing this specific. Yeah. I was going yeah, to come by. football. I don't know. Is it training camp or first day? <laughs> you know, I'm new at this. Hey, you listen, yeah. I come to you for advice in the studio. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> and vice versa, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then Sydney just got finished doing a couple music videos yeah. for her album. That, this it was it was awesome, man. Yeah. Block Block had a great idea about uh, having Sydney do a video with her friends, so yes. that she could have her friends kind of be there. Right. So they came over to the house and they did kind of a like a sleepover theme. Yeah. And it was awesome. And the yeah, thing that was really great is you know Sydney's in theater and all of her friends are in theater, so they were all actors and hamming it up in the. The director was like, you know, having him do acting stuff. And it, it ended up See, working out really good. That's beautiful. See, the back end of that, yeah. what I really want to get this perspective of, of you, Scott. Did you understand, like, the process now? Yeah. Oh, better? yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and, and the, you know, they think it's. Everybody sees the video, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But they yeah. don't see the work that goes into yeah, yeah. making the video, yeah, right? Absolutely. So no. how, tell me about no, that. So what listen, was your thoughts? Listen, when I when I first started, you know, Block first started taking care of Sydney just 
you know, we were friends yeah. and he's a music producer. She would like singing. And it was just like as a favor to me. And then Sydney was pretty good at singing. And yeah. I still, as her father, I'm always kind of like, well, I think she sounds great, but I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what she's like in the, in the yeah. world thing, but man, they go to the studio. It's like every note, every syllable, they'll spend yeah. like hours. I do it again, again, again. It's a, and it's like anything else, right? We talk about it on the show all the time. To be good at anything, it takes hard work. Like you yeah. can't just imagine, and it doesn't matter how much talent gives you. You're, you it's your phrase, right? It, it, talent is nothing without hard work. Oh, and, uh, you know, that's what we like to promote on this show, right? Yep. It's the habits that make you successful in life. Hard work is another one. And, you know, our listeners are big timers. We yep. want you guys to be big timers. And today we are honored. I'm honored to yeah. have maybe one of the best big timers we've ever had on this show, Alice Marie Johnson. Uh, Alice Marie Johnson is uh, an amazing woman. She's now a a minister. Um, She's gone through a lot of trials and tribulations in her life, like we all do, but Mm -hmm. hers are uh, especially um, motivating to see where she, where she's come from and where she is now. And uh, she's a true big timer. We're honored to have you, Alice. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited. Well, good morning. On here today. Good morning, everyone. Yes, well. So big timers out there, we've got an opportunity here to learn a lot about life. Um, I want to sit and listen to Alice. Let's get right into this. Tell us, tell us your story. Let's start at the beginning. I want to hear everything. Okay, my beginning would be in a town called Olive Branch, Mississippi. I was wow. in 1955 doing Jim Crow. So you can imagine okay. being born during the height of segregation and really the very year that uh, Rosa Parks would refuse to give up her seat on that bus. The same mm-hmm. year Emmett Till was found, uh, was, you know, was murdered in Mississippi. And uh, it really launched the civil rights movement. I didn't have any idea that I would be a part of a movement one day myself, but I came in the world a fighter. I came in the world with parents I had. There were nine of us, and we lived in this little bitty small house, 900 and, nine, 950 square feet, 14 people in this little wow. bitty house. And so wow. we were sharecroppers. Uh, many of our young people have probably never seen a cotton field, but I picked cotton <laughs> in Mississippi and mm-hmm. went to segregated schools. But that was such a time of, of so much pride. So much pride in who we who we are. My mother really set such a strong example in our family. I came from a very uh, strong Christian household, but we had standards, work ethics. You just didn't you didn't try to get out of work. And my mother always and my father too. They always talk about a better life. They uh, in Mississippi, going up north, moving up north. It's kind of like our promised land. We never made it there. But I'm so thankful for the lessons that I learned as a child. My life took a spin, though. I became a teenage mother. At 15, I found myself pregnant. And back then, you just didn't walk around pregnant and not married. So here I am, 15. I'm sure anyone who's got a 15-year-old child can imagine a child being pregnant and married at 15. But back then, I had a lot of responsibilities at home, and it, did, it was not the same culture as it is now. And during that time, you couldn't go to school if you were pregnant, even though I, I'd gotten married. So I had to uh, miss a whole year of school, and that was going to set me back. 
and I did not want to be left behind my class members. I wanted to be with my class. I didn't want to be with the next group. So I would ask my friends to bring me their books, bring me their test, and I spent my time studying, taking their test, and just practicing. I, I just had this dream. I'm not going to be left behind because I was going to the 10th grade. I was going to be a sophomore. So that meant that I would be a year behind my class unless I did something about it. There was no precedent that told me that I could skip that grade, but I, I figured if I knew the subject matter, I could convince someone to let me at least prove to them that I knew it. And to make a long story short, I, I convinced the school board to let me take a test. I told them I knew uh, everything about the subjects from the 10th grade. And they reluctantly agreed. They got teachers from another district to put together the hardest test. And they told me that if I can pass it, that they would consider allowing me to skip that grade. Well, I surprised all of them. I made a 98%. And they, and they let me skip that class and I jumped to the to be a junior, to the 11th grade. So I ended up graduating on time from school. And really my life had a lot of ups and downs in it. But I refused to be a victim. My mother always taught us that hard work and really just looking at yourself always as a conqueror. (laughs) That was so funny of us because we always saw ourselves as conquerors. And my father used to say, you can do anything. And he would tell us that over and over again. And I really felt that I could do anything. I, I would look at obstacles in my life and that became challenges for me. And so in, in, in life, we never know what's going to happen to us in life. What's important, what became important to me is my response to the things that happen. Cause I own that. We make mistakes. But we have to look at not living in that past where the mistake was made, but keep moving forward. So for me, it was very important for me to set an example for my children. Me and my husband, during the course of our marriage, we had five children. But it was not a very good marriage, to be honest with you. But I really focused on my children. Since the marriage was terrible, I wanted my children to to see something different. So I really, before homeschooling became popular, I guess I homeschooled my children and they went to school uh, because here I am very young myself having children. And so we grew up together. Uh, yes. So during the course of my life, I had many, I had jobs. Every time I'd enter in an entry level position, it didn't take me long to promote. I would promote very quickly. One job that I was hired into as a uh, in their clerical pool, their secretarial pool at FedEx, within no time, I was an accounts rep, and then I became a manager in computer operations. And honestly, I didn't know anything about computers. But I knew like that motivation and that drive. Yeah, I had absolutely you. nothing. Alice, it sounds to me like you were a big timer right out of the box. I mean, yes, you had the indeed. right you had the right uh, mindset about how to how to view your problems. Um, and like every other person on the planet, you had problems. Where do you think that mindset came from? Was that from your parents? Uh, did you have another sort of mentor? Or were you born this way? How, how did you get this mindset that you were going to take control of your life and have no excuses? Well, I'm going to say my faith 
played a very big role in just believing that I could do things. I'm, I've always been a, a, a praying child, a praying woman, mm-hmm. and I would. it really came from seeing faith in action. My parents, they had a very hard life, but they never made excuses. I always saw them striving for more, and education played a very big role in our life. They believed that the way out of poverty was through education. So at our dinner table, we always talked about possibilities and not even knowing that, you know, colleges was just really would be possible. My parents had that in their sight that their children were going to be college educated. And so we learned how to uh, we look at newspapers. I, our family was so different. I think about that now. We had so many big dreams. We were I think all of us were dreamers. But they were dreams that I saw manifesting. And so I had dreams also. And when I saw that what my mother did, she was really very much involved in our community. She would mm-hmm. take people into our home um, that were getting going down the wrong path. And I saw their mm-hmm. lives completely turned around by my mother, my parents and in our household, how they would they would see that someone really cared about them. Mother, even, so, even tell, tell me this, Alice. So, you, you that perfect. You're that that's one of our models, right? You got to give and give with a gen, gen, genuine heart, and you will receive, right? Mm-hmm. That's 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 one of our beautiful messages. So, right now, our listeners are, are, are thinking that your life has been rosy, right? You've been able to accomplish everything. You had a little minor setback with 15, not really a setback, but you overcame a lot. Have you ever had any adversity? Take us through that. Take us through this at that part, because we, we know it. But tell our listeners one of your, your, your darkest, deepest moments in your life where you had to overcome. I don't know if your listeners know this, but I'm, I'm going to go to the darkest time in my life. And that was when I was, I got involved in a conspiracy. I'm going to give you a little bit of a history of how I even got involved in this. I was a manager, as I said, at FedEx. I lost my job after working there for 10 years. I was divorced from my husband of 19 years. Um, I ended up losing uh, my youngest son in a terrible scooter accident when he was 12 years old. But a lot of things started happening uh, in my life that just made, I made very poor decisions. It's one thing that I do. I own my mistakes. I'm not making any excuses mm. for what I did, but not being able to pay bills, filing about to lose my home. Someone made an offer to me to be what is called a, a telephone mule. And that was, it was in a drug conspiracy. I didn't sell drugs. I never used drugs before. But sometimes we do things out of desperation that if we're not desperate, we probably wouldn't have made that decision. If only I had just waited, things would have gotten better. You know, sometimes when it looks dark and you think there's no way out, we make poor decisions. And I made a very poor decision. I said yes to that offer to be a telephone mule. And what that meant was in this drug conspiracy, uh, they called me and I passed passed the telephone number. Never met the people, but I'm passing numbers. And when someone got caught, the person got caught with drugs. 
uh, he gave they he had my number, and so mm-hmm. I my family we got an attorney, and he told me to go to trial. I was off for three years. And I didn't know anything about conspiracy, that in a conspiracy, you charge with every right. element of it. Yeah. So I go to trial. I'm found guilty of attempted possession because there's I don't have any drugs. And I go from a three year plea deal to being sentenced to life plus 25 years. And in the federal wow. system, life, wow. life, because there is no parole. Yeah, that's definitely first time offender. First time offender. I'd never been in trouble in my entire life. Wow. My first and only uh only offense in life. Never been to a jail before. Really, people looked at me as an upstanding individual. I was working, doing things in church. My family, we loved each other. And on Halloween, I leave my house that day. It was a six week trial. And not knowing that I was never coming back home, I would not come back to that home again. But I wouldn't see freedom again for almost two decades. I would be incarcerated. Wow. Wow. So, so I mean, this is really an important story here, too. And this is this is so big for our show. And I think why you make such a compelling big timer is... You know, we all make mistakes in this life, you know, and that's why we try to counsel our kids to do the right thing, you know, to have a code, to be honest, have integrity, be accountable. But the other thing is, you know, life isn't fair. You know, it just isn't fair. And that's why you want to take you want to let as few things go to the judges as possible. You know what I mean? I we take care of a lot of MMA fighters at my practice, you know, and they talk about that all the time. You can go out and make a great fight. But if you let it go to the judges, sometimes you get an unjust decision, you know, and you don't want it to go to the judges. So here you are. Life deals you another incredibly cruel blow and a blow that would break a lot of people. But again, you get another tough, tough uh, blow against yourself. You find yourself in prison for two decades. A lot of people would quit, but you didn't do that. No, you you, you turned you turned your Just life the around opposite. and and you leaned in and you found a way to be generous and to give and, and, and you received in the end. Tell us about that because the story of redemption is really the lesson here. My time in prison, when I first entered prison, this woman told me something that stuck with me. She, my first day there, she saw me looking lost and she asked me my name and I told her Alice and she said, Alice bloom where you're planted. God knows where you are. God knows where you are. And that became, it became substance for me. Miss Alice, repeat that again. She told Bloom. She said, bloom where you planted. God knows where you are. I like that. And so I knew if God knows where I am, I'm not alone. But just the experience of seeing so many women who were so downtrodden, so hopeless, who didn't have, who didn't, who couldn't look beyond those prison bars. I started looking at what can I do? I started praying and I asked God, I said, I know there's got to be purpose in this for me. If you can use me here, show me what my purpose is. So I started writing plays. I started getting women involved who didn't even know they could act. I created a a praise dance ministry. Uh, One of the things, one of my first jobs in prison was in vocational technical. 
because I did have technical skills by then. So I'm training women and helping them get ready to be released from prison for a future. And I have no outdate. They have an outdate. I have alphabets. L-I-F-E, life, which means there is no outdate for me. So one And you're doing this just just because you were driven yeah. and raised right, right? Yeah, like that, that's all the, of that foundation came back to me. I, I, mm-hmm. I knew, I started looking, I, I've always looked at people. My mother, as I say, I have to go back to her because during that time of, de- of segregation, my mother told, uh, drilled into us, never look at people based on the color of their skin, never. So I never, I took those lessons with me because remember, we're segregated now. Never look at them based on their faith or anything else except people as people. So that lesson in prison really served me well. I never asked a woman why she was there. I looked at whatever mistake they made. We're all in the same condition. We're all away from our families. We're all locked up. It, it don't matter who you was on the outside. It's a level playing field. We're all women. And so I started, I saw women who were hopeless, who did not have, who couldn't get in this class I was teaching. They couldn't learn computer skills, typing skills or anything else because they had long sentences. So I asked, how do you tell a woman not to hope, not to prepare for a future? They said, Miss Alice has always been like that. So I immediately started fighting to change that. And I won. And they met, they uh, ruled that a percentage of every class had to have people with long sentences. And that really changed the whole education system uh, in the entire BOP. And when I came home, I didn't even know that anyone would know about things that I'd done. On International Women's Day, the year, the year after I came home, I was awarded the, uh, the Women's Rights Defender. I was the only one from North America. So just to go back. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Just to go back to that story, that changed. I started seeing changes being made in the prison. As I went through. Yeah, Ms. Alice. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't mean to cut you off. We have so much in common. Like I come from the hood in Kirkwood in Atlanta. I was mentored by Hosea Williams. You know what I'm saying? I'm King and all of them. Um, like, you know, he was part of that, that camp. I was mentored by Hosea Williams, uh, in Atlanta. And I've been in prison as well. Oh, wow. So I'm familiar. Like, 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 like throughout your sentence, what you think opened your eyes and changed things for us? Like, I mean, for people that haven't been there. Like, what kind of, you know, so what can you tell these kids that's, that's coming that way? They don't understand about the system, of course. Cause you know, you know, cause you know, they don't really, like, like, like when they sentence us, they really don't care about if we have the knowledge of if you didn't know you was riding with somebody and, and then they commit a crime that you're just a part of it. Like, yeah. tell some of these guys or kids that's I'm 10, a, 15 years old. I'm going to tell you right point. now, that guilt by association, that's a yes, beast right there. That's why Absolutely. you have to be very careful who you're with. It might yep. seem like it's okay. You don't think that you can. This can happen to you because I definitely never thought that I'd go to prison. I never thought that decisions that I was making uh, in a spur of a moment during a crisis could change my life and take me away from my children, take me away from my entire family, change my life forever. So, I would my my strong thing message to our youth would be 
Be careful of the company that you keep. And one bad decision can change your whole life. So there are consequences, whether they're good consequences or bad consequences, to every action. And it's also consequences to what you decide to do with your life. I made a decision in prison that I'm not just going to do time. I'm going to live life. I'm not dead. I've got an opportunity right here to better myself. I saw Mm. people that were women who were in there who didn't have that same strong belief system that I had, that hopeful attitude that I had. And I felt that it was it was very much I had the ability to encourage others. So I started really teaching. I taught GED. I taught all type of classes. But one of the big things I think was a place that I did. I find people that didn't know that had never heard applause in their life, just them doing something and having people applaud them. It's like it put up. It's where yeah, their shoulders up. It did. It gave them some kind of purpose in prison. And my strong message to them was forgiveness. That's to it. Make sure that That's you don't walk around hating people for things they've done That's in the past because they don't care about how you feel. You're only right. damaging yourself. So, right. so Miss Alice, uh-huh. Miss Alice, let me ask you this. So now you're through through you're you're locked up, but you found this giving heart, which you always had, and you're giving back unconditionally to people who are less fortunate that need this recovery. And the silver lining, guys, again, she wasn't doing this for any reason because she was yep. an alphabet. She's life, right? Yep. And, and 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 within that circumference, the good come out of it, and somebody sees that and communes. Like like that had to like that's the moral of every lesson that we try to teach to people. Yeah, that, you give unconditionally, and yeah. s- s- blessings happen. Blessings come down. Well, right? life life is what happens when you're making your plans, right? That's I mean, right. Uh, you know, it's funny. You got block. He, he, he's in prison at 17. He tells me this is the first time he ever had his own bed to sleep in. And now he's a Grammy award winning music producer, killing it, you know, and Alice, you know, you're, you're behind bars maybe for the rest of your life and you just don't know what God's plan is for you. And there you are touching lives around you and refusing not to live your life. And you become a total light in a place of darkness. And that's kind of the thing is, trying to get kids to understand that that's the life that we all lead, right? We look in the mirror and I just ask God to show me what, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you have in store for me? So refreshing. And how can I give? And it's just that it's just every time we have a big timer on this show, they talk about the, the reward in their life comes from generosity and giving to other people. And you, you know, you you find yourself in a dark place and that, and then around the next corner is something amazing. Talk to that. Yeah. As I started doing things in prison, I caught the attention of staff. Um, In fact, as I started fighting for my freedom, I had the support of my warden, support of my staff, the support of community. I fought for my freedom. I never gave up fighting for my freedom, but I didn't let freedom become the, the whole sole purpose of my life because I wanted my life to count for something. Even when I saw people in prison who were much who were less fortunate who had physical and mental challenges i helped put together the first special olympics in prison 
Yeah. So that they could also be a part of this community and not feel like they were on the, that were outcasts. It's something to be in prison, but to feel to be in prison and still feel like an outcast. You just can imagine what they were feeling. So I put together the Special Olympics that caught the attention of the National Special Olympics. And they ended up giving me an award for that. But I, I never did things because I wanted to be noticed. I did things because I found that I had skills. I had the abilities that many women did not have. And I did many other things in there. So when they started allowing me to speak from prison, to you at universities. I think I've been the only prisoner that I know of who have spoken as a prisoner to Yale University, New York University, University of Washington, and Seattle. And I started speaking on Google and YouTube platforms from prison. And there was a there was Is that how you got is that how you got the recognition? Well, that was the beginning of it because someone who yes. heard me speak at a YouTube criminal justice event. Uh, asked me to do a video op-ed. Now, by this time, I've been denied clemency. I've been left behind. This whole clemency project is taking place. But even before then, it's like I became a famous prisoner, but I still was overlooked for for clemency. But I still did not give up hope because I, I knew that one day that this was not going to be the end of my life was going to be in prison. I continued to look outside the bars. I would envision myself. I started taking all kinds of classes. Uh, I'm afraid of fire, of electricity, really. So I challenged myself to take an electrical class, and I became certified in electrical. (laughs) So I was the oldest uh, student in our uh, personal training class. I got certified as a personal trainer because all of them were much younger. So I challenged myself, I'm going to do this. And I ended up making some of the top grades in that and completing more physical challenges than many other younger women. But I wanted to set them an example. They would say, Miss Alice, you always take these classes and you don't even have an outdate. I said, I do have an outdate. I just don't know when it is. So it could be tomorrow. It could be today. And that that was they laughed at me at that. But it was it was it was funny, but it was also motivating to them to see someone who didn't have an outdate still preparing myself for a future outside of prison. So take us through when you got that 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 moment of 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 joy, of, of peace, of, of 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 solitude when you got when 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 you you finally knew that the outdate was confirmed, home. Yes. I was coming home. home. Well, the person yes. who saw me and asked me to do a video op ed, I did this video op ed and it went viral. I didn't even know what viral meant. I thought I had <laughs> a virus into the internet because yeah. there was no internet when I went to prison, so I didn't know these terms that people use now, like it's trending. When they told me the video was trending, I didn't even know what that meant. Uh, So anyway, the second day that it went viral, someone who Kim Kardashian follows retweeted the video. And she said that she had not been on Twitter for several days. And as soon as she went on, she said, my face popped up. And she heard me telling my story. She tweeted out, this is so unfair 
she contacted her attorney, Sean Holly, who was an attorney for her family, and told her to find me and, and find out if she'd like for you to help. I'd like to hire you to help Alice come home. Do you think it's possible? So she found me at the prison. I get a legal call. And the only thing she tells me is that a very famous client of hers, rich and famous client of hers, wants to hire her as an attorney to help me get out of jail. Would you like that? I said, let me think about it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. For all our listeners out there, we had a lot of great material from Alice Marie Johnson, Mm -hmm. and we want to give you guys a little more information. We're going to have an additional segment next week on our podcast. Thanks for being here, everybody. Make sure you make sure you follow us on the doc and the block.com and big timers.com. Tune in next week for another episode of the doc and the block Yep, block. Have a great weekend. It's great seeing you, brother. Same here, baby. Love you, baby. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Everybody have a great weekend.